0: so crisp a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business bravery branding beauty sex love motherhood womanhood feminism labels psychology marketing messaging mavenry musicals and the mess we call life all deliciously dished up and ready to consume in fact is there anything we don't discuss not with jay crisp crow copywriting queen from crisp copy in the kitchen i hope you're hungry This episode is brought to you by the crisp copy class part community part course all class enrollments are open twice a year and it's free to be on the wait list learn to write to sell all your things now michelle normally i ask people what their favorite word is to start the show but today i'm asking you what's your favorite business name
1: Ooh, my favorite business name my favorite all-time business name has got to be
0: claire barton's batch it crazy oh my goodness I remember the first time I read that and I was, like, equally so tickled and also incredibly disappointed that I hadn't written it myself.
1: Absolutely. It it just (laughs) fills me with jealousy every time I think about it because when it comes to business or product names as it is because it's just Mm -hmm. one of her services, but it is just so perfect.
0: It's hilarious. It is batch it crazy. Um, right. It's, But you can't help but say it the hilarious way.
1: In your That's library. right. It's, it's Claire's um, course in which she teaches people how to batch their content. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rather than scrambling to write your email at the very last second, as so many of us do, um, to actually prepare a whole lot in advance so you can just have it rolling it. out
0: beautifully. It's so clever. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today was, firstly, according to loads of people, we do the same thing, you and I, Michelle, which we both know because we've worked together in multiple capacities now that we don't. Um, yeah. And there, so I I provide copywriting and you also provide copywriting, but there is an official legal legal version of the difference and you are going to fill us in on that right now.
1: I sure am. So the kind of copywriting that you do so well involves making magic with your marvelous words. Mm-hmm. But the other kind of copywriting, the stuff I tend to do more of, exists to stop people taking your pretty paragraphs and pretending that they created them. So passing their work off as your as their own. Yeah. Copyright says, though the legal type of copyright says that as an author, a creator of a work, you have the legal right to control how your work is presented to the public how it's monetized or sold, and you have a moral right to be acknowledged as the creator of the work.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. I I actually probably need to have that written somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I need to have that written somewhere because the amount of emails that I get, not, not so much anymore now that my branding is is a little more uh, under control. But at the beginning, I used to get a lot of emails saying, so do you do legal work? And I'm oh, no, that's different. That's a different yeah. kind of copyright. Yeah, um, no, and, but an understanding of, of
1: the legal type of copyright is very important for the uh-huh. type of copywriters who create
0: copy any kind of creators really what i one of the reasons that i loved working with you even during probably so so for people that are listening michelle actually helped me during a copyright infringement kind of issue um and um one of the reasons that i really appreciated working with you is that you're not the regular kind of lawyer i think that that is safe to say you you're not um working with you is not at all what I expected, even though I chose you because you weren't particularly um, kind of combative. And I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to have uh, an interaction with the other person in a really kind of considerate, compassionate way. Um, but you kind of you even up to the ante, it was kind of like a mixture between um, getting some legal advice and getting some advice about really picking my battles when it came to to copyright and ip um, which i just so appreciated about you what do you think what do you think that you do that what is it about you that makes you different
1: um it's partly that i um i am trained formally as a mediator so um i have it built in professionally to me to consider both sides of a story and yes. to look for win-win solutions rather than adversarial um, head-to-head battle type solutions. <laughs> yep. And th- the other part I think goes back even further before I even started my journey in the legal career, which is where I was a, an author and a poet um, from my very earliest years where um, I just love like the thing that attracted me to law was the storytelling aspect. Oh, right. And so I think I bring that in at my very core of my professional persona, which is that everybody, every situation involves people's stories. Yeah. And yeah. that um, if you can hold different versions of a story in your head you and look for the similarities between them, you can actually find a much more successful resolution to an issue than... Um, being very positionally based in one yes. story yes you know, just but we can
0: we is. can be like that when when you work so hard when you work so hard to create mm. new new anything when you yes. ha- work so hard to create art um of course when somebody starts treading on your grass with their big dirty boots and pretending that your stuff is theirs of course it's going to bring up all kinds of demons that you oh, absolutely. <laughs> previously thought yes. were safely squished down um and yes. i think I think that was probably one of the bonuses of, of having that situation unfold for me was the chance to get to work with you and to really understand business in a different way uh, after working with you. I think that was, it was, it was a blessing that situation um, because I did, I get, I got to put on my big girl panties and stand up for myself, but I got to do it in a way with you guiding me where I felt good about how, how we did it. Yeah, um, and- it's very, very rare
1: that that when this kind of copyright infringement happens that someone has deliberately set out to say, mm. I'm going to steal your stuff and profit from it. Yeah. And, and there are absolutely, there are legal solutions that exist to be employed in those kind of situations. But it's much, much more common that it's based in a misunderstanding or a different perspective of what's um, permissible. Sure. Um, or even just you know a pure um, coincidence.
0: Yes, yeah. Because good ideas are good ideas. Good ideas are good <laughs> ideas, um, and so, and somebody is like, "Whoa, that's a great idea." When did that come to me? And yep. and you just don't know what you consume. Like we spend so much time consuming other people's stuff online. Yeah. Exactly. That, um, it would be. It's very difficult to come up with a completely new idea. I'm sure. And um, I think and one the, of the and the other thing, yeah. just to put in there, is that there are so many different co- conceptions of ownership. Yeah. So
1: in in my work, talking to a lot of people about their sense of ownership of their work. Yeah. I have met everybody from the people who say, "Oh, I just downloaded this fantastic idea from the from the ether," and. Um, <laughs> It belongs to the world and and everybody has the right to share it because it's, you know, it's not mine, it's it's the universe's.
0: Yeah. And at
1: the other end of the scale, you've got the people who say, this is my precious.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the story with the Entrepreneur Magazine, trying yeah. to own the word entrepreneur Good forever story. across the globe. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine if we could never have some entrepreneur at the and- end? It gets what would we know less <laughs> extreme and and when the law
1: gets involved it gets even worse um, mm-hmm. you know I, I recently had an issue where a client attempted to um, trademark a word because um, as we'll get to talking about copyright doesn't it um, protect words and phrases they need to yeah. be trademarked if you want exclusive ownership of them and she tried to trademark um, a name that involved a word, and and you know we had a similar problem when we worked with you with with yeah. um, crisp copy. It was something that every copywriter should have the right to use, but at mm-hmm. the same time it was so uniquely yours that um that yeah you get that sort of once once the 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 legal system gets entangled into all of this stuff, mm-hmm. it just adds layer upon layer upon layer right. of complexity.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because you think you'll hire a lawyer and things will start to get logical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. But we are also talking business names today because I think that that is one of the places that we can fall down a little bit where we, um, we think that we've come up with this incredible business name. And uh, we, you know, I've seen this, I see this so often on Facebook and women have like they've started a new Instagram account and they've set up the emails and they've bought the domain and they've done all the things. And then they've gotten this kind of email that says, oh, by the way, I own that. And there's a little bit of yeah. back and forth about, and it tends to happen again and again with business names. Um, and so I thought we'd, I'd ask you about business names and how to come up with a good one. But before I do that, I really want to tell you this story and you haven't heard this story before. I got permission this morning to tell this story on this podcast from one of my co- coaching clients who came to me with wanting to launch a new copywriting business and in her brain for years and years and years she was going to call it this one particular thing and oh my god this is just the best story it just tickles me endlessly so in her group of friends she has um, artists and performers and, um, and conceptual entertainers and all kinds of other incredibly talented arty people and when they all got together they would speak about the fact that um, individually and all together they kind of created this kind of like little creative. Like they were just all these little creatives coming together and creating this like bigger mass of creation. So she was going to call her copywriting business a little C. And I remember when she first emailed me and I booked her in and I was like, oh my goodness, that is the first thing that we need to talk about. And I made a note of it, saying, I'm just going to break it to her super gently that a little C, a big C in medical terms is cancer, and a little C is actually um, urban slang for chlamydia. Ooh, and, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> did you? No, neither did she. <laughs> so she, um, so we we kind of had this, we, I, I, I put it in my notes to tell her, and then she went on um, a huge Facebook group called Like-Minded Bitches Drinking Wine. And yes. she said, I've created um, this brand and there's the brandings come back from the from the logo, the graphic design lady. What do you all think? And she popped it up there, and I thought, oh no, I should have emailed her earlier. And immediately, people were saying, "Is that supposed to be funny? You know, that means chlamydia, right?" This poor woman. Um, so <laughs> that's so it, her business is not called a little C. Yeah. Um, Her her business is actually called Tender L Creative now and she is a fully launched copywriter, extremely smart psychology background. We're talking to her later um, on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, But I just love that story. I just think the things that you think in your mind are going to be hilarious and wonderful and funny, you really have to run by other people um, to, to make sure, A, that you're not stepping on anybody else's Um, probably very well-developed brand, but also that you're not inferring something that you really, that you really, really don't mean to. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you can give us a little bit of good advice about how to come up with a name that is um, interesting without being a sexually transmitted disease.
1: Absolutely. And one of the biggest problems that I run across watching people try and come up with their business names is that everyone seems to go by default to something that's descriptive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, a name that describes what they do um, or in these days has the word soul in it somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, not my favourite. <coughs> not and my favourite at all. <laughs> and and the, the problem with that is it's a noisy marketplace out there. And, yes, you can put a lot of effort into... Um, marketing and getting known and building a reputation in your brand name. But the more common and the more descriptive and the more it contains keywords that other people in your industry are likely to want to use,
0: mm.
1: the more you're setting yourself up for a, a really steep uphill climb. Yeah. Because the marketplace is going to be so noisy around those words that you're going to have to work so much harder to get yourself known
0: yeah because part of being part of being able to be successful in business is not i say this to the chris copy glass all the time it's not about being better it's about sometimes it's about being memorable and yes. so if you sound like everybody else it it's really hard for people to even remember which bit of copy or which bit of messaging that they liked about you even belongs to you absolutely
1: absolutely yeah. so so first up the first thing your name needs to be is unique mm-hmm. and memorable now, for decades, it has been understood that the best, most trademarkable names, the ones that are, are really the most successful in business are the names that are fanciful or made-up words. Yeah. So you've created the word yourself in mm-hmm. some way. And for that, you can think of things like Adidas. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's a word that has no dictionary meaning. Yes. And yeah. yet it... Because it's so unique and memorable it, and it's silent, like there's no, no competition for that yeah. word out there, you can build a fantastic reputation around it.
0: Yeah. I the other that.
1: types, the, the secondary types of words that are most successful are words used out of context. Mm-hmm. So Apple. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Apple for computers, that yeah. sort of thing.
0: And that makes such sense because there is a psychology in copy and in words and in messaging where if you use something purposefully out of that doesn't belong, you yeah. kind of slip past the logic point guard that lives in people's heads. So most people in their heads are um, are on defence a lot of the time. Like, I don't want to be sold anything. Don't talk me into anything I don't want to know about. And when you use things like rhyme or a specific rhythm or you make something up or you morph two words together so it means something slightly different, um, you can slip past that. He, he's kind of like confused for a moment um, and you can slip past him and get into people's heads. And I yeah. think that that's probably one of the reasons that, that those are so powerful, those kinds of words.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and it really helps, um, like, when you're making a word up, as you say, you can go with random word generators and all that sort of stuff, but you can go for hours without finding one that you actually like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but as you said, morphing two words together is a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, particularly even morphing two foreign words together. Okay. Really good. although that brings me back to the your little your story about a little c because you do need to make sure that those foreign
0: words don't have yeah. unintended secondary meaning yes yep. um, yeah urban urban slang dictionary on google is always helpful absolutely because I, 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 I do things all the time i always mix up the low down with the down low and they mean yep. two very very different things yep. very different things it's always helpful to make sure that what you're what you're saying isn't being used in society in a way that you that it wasn't when you were at university. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the the other thing to to point out with business names is even if you're really really attached to that descriptive name that you fell in love with when you created yeah. your business as a startup, when you felt it was so important to tell people what you did rather than having a name you could build a reputation behind. Mm-hmm. Um you can still use that name but have it as your tagline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so bring
1: in, bring in your unique business name and use that to start anchoring your branding and then use, use your descriptive phrases as
0: your taglines. Excellent advice. Oh, my goodness. This is why you're a legal person. You just give such good advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, what are the three things that we definitely, definitely, definitely need to take away from this, um, this podcast around the concept of business names and IP and copyright?
1: Okay, so the first thing is what does copyright protect? Mm -hmm. And copyright in Australia exists automatically. You don't have to do anything to get it, but you do need to be aware that that's not the same in some other countries. So in America, for example, you need to register um, an artwork before you can, uh, the copyright exists automatically, but before you can enforce it in a court, it needs to be registered.
0: Right.
1: But in Australia, it's automatic. So the moment you create it, you own the copyright in it. Mm -hmm. Copyright protects... Literary works, so in the context of a business, that's your blog posts, your marketing, the things you write. Mm-hmm. It protects artistic works, which are your graphics that you create, your photographs, your you know Instagram memes, all of that sort of stuff. And it protects dramatic works, and that includes your videos and your podcasts. Great. So pretty much everything you create in the context of your business is going to be protected by copyright. Okay, but that is quite different to having something trademarked right that's right and the exception to copyright copyright does not protect individual words or short phrases because there's not enough meat in them for them to be literary works Mm -hmm. so if you want to protect a name or a phrase like a hashtag or a tagline or your business name or product name or service name you need to trademark it um, and trademarking is a, as a registration system that protect that gives you exclusive ownership rights over that word or phrase or image because you can trademark images like your logo as well mm-hmm. um, in the country where it's trademarked so an Australian trademark only protects you in Australia which is an important thing to to remember particularly in this global world of business because um, it can cause yeah, and, um, you know, can cause difficulties and confusions and that's a conversation for a whole other day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, and that's when you start to wade through all of the different
1: options. And Yeah, um, and that's when you have to make your determination about which battles you're going to yeah, fight. Yeah, you're going to fight. Yeah, for sure. And, and the, then, last thing, yep. the last thing I would say would be the importance of due diligence. Mm-hmm. So don't just pick your name and say, yes, this is it. I love this name. This is the perfect name yeah. for your business. Yeah. Get yourself a little short list. Three to five names is ideal mm-hmm. and search the hell out of them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just everywhere. Look everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know, ask, you know, um, ask Google, um, trademark yeah. databases, mm-hmm. um
0: you can have social a look media their, platform. Yeah, social media is probably um, book, I think if you thing. sell
1: physical products, you know search eBay and Amazon and um, Etsy and all of those sorts of things. Just mm-hmm. search everywhere you can possibly think about. yeah just yeah. to make sure that 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 name a you you want to know a is it being has it been registered as a trademark so someone, Legally owns it. Mm -hmm. In which case, back away. Yeah, which means just throw that word. (laughs) That one's gone. gone. That one's not an option. option. Don't Don't fight about that. Cross that one off your list and choose (laughs) a different one. Yeah. And the the other thing is, how is it actually being used in the marketplace? Mm. Because if you put it into Google and you get five hundred hits, then Mm. you're going to want to rethink it. Yeah, that's a that's a a hard slog to to get back up. the top exactly exactly you're never going to own the whole front page or if you are it's going to take you a couple of years of really solid consistent posting before you get it Mm. and even then you're going to get other people popping up you're going to be constantly having to be vigilant about protecting it because it's obviously a common name that people in your industry really enjoy using Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it's it's much better at that point to think oh Well, okay, that name's really, really popular. It's really noisy. Maybe I should pivot now. Yes. So that I can put my energy into building something that is absolutely uniquely my own. Sure.
0: Yeah. Great advice. Oh, my goodness. I love this. I wish that... I hope every single every single woman on the planet who is currently thinking about or starting or launching a business is can listen to this Michelle because it's such good advice because there is nothing more heartbreaking than putting in six months of hard slog just to find out that you have to change tack and quickly um, I think for for anyone nobody wants that for anybody so exactly and and there
1: are there are plenty of stories about you know people who've who have been had their brand-new beautiful businesses bankrupt Hmm. because of the wrong name
0: choice oh I know it starts to become a little less fun doesn't it <laughs> when you start to think about that
1: yeah and, and that's just I'm not trying to scare anyone I'm just saying that there are serious consequences involved so it, it is worth putting in you know it can be tempting to think "Oh, I'll just do that later and I'll just run with this yes. now
0: yeah but it is really worthwhile putting in the groundwork yeah be a detective yeah. at the beginning Yeah, make sure that you've covered all your bases for sure. Okay, so before we wrap up, Michelle, what is So Crisp in your life right now?
1: Wow, thanks to you and the amazing Crisp Copy class, (laughs) I've recently given all of the copy on my website a complete overhaul and polish and sparkliness. And so now I'm looking forward to applying what I've learned in the creation of some new landing pages. Nice. in the next few weeks, I'm going to be running my DIY trademark course, which is a supported DIY program for people who want to do their tra- want to DIY their trademark oh, application. Oh, lovely. Oh, good, good, good. Someone oh experienced
0: to hold their hand. Yeah, because that, those forms are just enormous. I mean, you know what you're looking at, but yeah, for us regular folk, have, just the list of things that you might want to think about trademarking is absolutely phenomenally huge. Exactly. I was so overwhelmed. Exactly, that's and, and the, the program includes all of that due
1: diligence stuff wow, and price on vigilance and things for the future too, so it's, mm-hmm. it's basically the budget way to get into getting a trademark.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And um, after that, I'm putting the finishing touches on my Brave and Beautiful Business Boundaries course. <laughs> Lovely. Which is, um, an evergreen email course walking people through the all those important foundations of your business that make such a difference to our sense of safety and satisfaction but that is so easy to ignore or even trample all over when
0: we work for ourselves. Oh that all sounds wonderful Michelle congratulations and thank you so much for being on so Chris. This has been So Crisp. My special tasty guest has been Michelle Whitehead, a loving lawyer who brings us business serenity through wise management and professional support. Michelle provides legal advice and contracts that care for Australian entrepreneurs so they can ground their beautiful businesses on firm foundations. You may have noticed this is not a regular nuts and bolts podcast about copy. We're looking for crispy ways to discuss wordy elements, so if you have a suggestion, please drop me a line. May your day be crisper than the snap of chocolate on the outside of a hazelnut roll. Ooh, yummy. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled out, email me straight away right now.